Welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. This podcast in our firm is all about helping you and your organization achieve habitual excellence via one unifying focus, one value-based structure, and one performance system. In other words, it's about helping you capture dramatically more value through achieving perfect care and perfect safety for patients and staff. To learn more about Value Capture and our services, visit www.valuecapturellc.com. Welcome to Habitual Excellence. I'm Mark Rabin, and today we're joined by Bill Boyd, a client advisor with Value Capture. Bill, how are you? I am great, Mark. How are you today? Doing okay. Doing all right. I'm glad you could join us and you know, kind of take a, a good deep dive into scientific problem solving. And in 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 you know along those lines, um, can you talk about there, there's a particular, if you will, failure mode or challenge that you see out there when it comes to problem solving? What is that? Sure. No, that's a it's a great question. I think you know one of the things that I see is I, I think about many people talking about thinking scientifically and, and going back to some of the shingle principles around embracing scientific thinking. And, and I think everybody thinks they're a scientist and you'll hear people talk about plan, do, check, act and using A3 problem solving. Um, but one of the things that, that I see repeatedly in working with different, different clients and different groups is a lot of times we'll get into the plan around a plan, do, check, act cycle, and we will get into the background, we'll understand the current condition, we'll understand some of the root causes, um, or believe that we understand some of the root causes. Uh, design a target, and then the failure mode comes in where we get through all this scientific work, and then we just implement. And it, it's interesting at that point, because it, at that point in time, it's we go through a kind of check all the boxes on the left-hand side of the A3 or through the problem-solving process, and then just check the box and implement and think that we're done. Hmm, right. Right. And so what, 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 what problems, maybe you can use an example, what problems does that lead to then when maybe we don't close the loop on the check and adjust part of the PDCA cycle? Sure, sure. So yeah, it's interesting. This morning I was actually, I was working with an organization and coaching them where they were talking about um, going out and following up on a problem um, that they had in response to some of the COVID-19 work, they had put in place a solution and it was a good example of they had seen a problem, they designed a solution, put a, a countermeasure in place, but then at that point in time didn't have any check and adjust planned in. So the new process is not yielding what they were expecting. They are still experiencing the same problem. They still see risk associated with it. And, and it's almost presenting as a new problem, uh, which is very interesting because it seems like, wait, we have a new problem that we now have to go out and work on but it's really a manifestation of the first problem that they just didn't fully close the loop on. So what, I mean, what are some things that leaders can look out for, um, you know, to try to coach people um, back onto a, a, a different path or get them back on course? What, what, what should they look for? Yeah. Yeah. So I think about, um, I think it's about some of those behaviors and I'll, I'll, as, as I think back to some of my past history, um, I mean, I've worked with, with value capture for a short period of time now, but before that I was an operational leader and as an operational leader, I was always looking for the behaviors of whether or not my teams were putting in place experiments, whether they were trying things and learning 
um, and specifically to see if they were failing from time to time. So how often when teams put things in place, when we were working through problem solving, did they actually complete an experiment, could share with me the results of their experiment, what they learned from it, and then what they plan to do differently? And when they could articulate that, when they could talk about not just what the hypothesis is, but what they are doing to test the hypothesis, that, that to me was when we're in the right space where, okay, you know, the team is now thinking about experimenting. That's the behavior that I want to see. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've often thought the, the word do might be, like a better description would be the word test, as you used it. Um, plan, test check the results, adjust if needed, or sometimes we say study and adjust, but, um, you know, PT essay instead of PD essay. Um, what, what are your thoughts? There's a couple of things we could dive into a little bit deeper here. Like the, you, you talk about the idea of failing from time to time. And in some organizations, you know, the idea of failure is, um, you know, it's, it's hard for people to accept. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you have some thoughts, you know, even from your past leadership experience, creating an environment where certain failures are, um, I don't know, if okay, tolerated, expected, what, 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 I don't know, what's the right word to use? And maybe, sure. Yeah, no, I, I think about, I mean, you get into industries outside of healthcare and you get in industries that are doing product development and they'll talk about, you know, shooting for a certain level of failure because that level of failure demonstrates to them that they're trying, they're pushing the boundaries, they're getting into spaces where they truly don't know. And and for me, when I think about this, um, it's interesting. I'll jump into the, the idea or the concept of a knowledge threshold. So when I think about failure, failure a lot of times comes from we believe we know what the problem specifically root cause is and then we specifically think we know what a solution is but in knowing that and always having that perspective that we know it and we know it exactly um, and that it's concrete i think in that space there's risk there i think that's where failure can happen because we've become overconfident um, so so i introduced those words about knowledge threshold and i think about that as you know there's a tipping point where at some point in time, I hit a knowledge threshold, meaning that I don't have any concrete knowledge of what happens past that point anymore. So I can only see so far. I only know so much about what I'm trying to solve. Hmm. And, and the risk there is if I don't at that point in time and just say, I don't know, and go out and create an experiment and test something versus I just implement something. If I implement something, when I truly don't know what it is, it's like walking in the woods at night without a flashlight and assuming I know the path. I'm going to hit a tree somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I think part of this idea um, around failure, there's the uh, high reliability organization trait of, you know, uh, preoccupation with failure. And we, we talked with, uh, I talked with our colleague, Tony Million in episode three of the podcast um, about that. And like in, in my coaching that I've received, you know, from people over the years, you know, they, they sometimes distinguish, um, you know, the idea of expecting small failures, but learning from small failures is a way of preventing really large catastrophic failures. Um, have you seen situations? So I'm curious, what are, what are your thoughts on that idea? And have you seen situations where like, are all failures, all failures aren't created equal, right? Right. 
Yeah, and I think I think there's a couple of pieces in there. I think, you know, first of all, I think it can be pretty scary to think about designing an experiment when you're thinking about transforming an organization. That's a that's an experiment you want to get pretty close to at least directionally right. Um, on the flip side, when you think about how you transform an organization, it really comes down to every interaction that team members have with customers as they're delivering value. I think it's a great question thinking about, you know, are all failures equal? I think about this, um, there's, there's a definite risk or essentially a, a nervousness that happens if you're thinking about experimentation on an organization-wide level. So I think that's why when we think about designing experiments, we think about trying to design those in the smallest test possible. Um, and then learning from every single step. So I can give you the example of uh, working with a, a former colleague of mine, um, fabulous leader, and watch them within their team design experiments to try to figure out how to hit our target condition. So we had defined there was a certain level of performance we were trying to meet for our customers. And in that, we knew there was multiple different parameters to balance and figure out how to work together. And this is a team that had done great work, but had never been able to balance all those parameters. So they started experimenting and it was fascinating to watch as they, as they met the first parameter, they, they learned a number of things. And then they applied that as they, as they met the second parameter, they learned new things. And it was, it was fascinating. It was nine experiments later that they finally actually, it was, it was actually in their eighth experiment that they could connect the dots about, okay, we learned this over here. We learned this over here. What if we put these things together? And as they combined them, um, they went well past the target condition, met the goal, and and hit a whole new stride for that team. Um, and it just and it was it was cool to see the energy um, that came out of that. Yeah, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, one other thing I was going to ask you to elaborate on earlier, you you said something interesting. You said the belief that we understand root causes and and a couple of minutes ago you talked about knowing and may, maybe sometimes that feeling of knowing something is a bit of a trap can can you elaborate around you know what 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 would have to be careful about when we th we think we know what the root cause is what what's a, a better path forward from from that assumption or that 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 assumption of knowledge perhaps sure yeah i and i always i smile because i think about in this space um i go back to mike rother and some of the things I've learned from him, and it's interesting, he talks about in a number of forums, I've seen him talk about, um, once you get to the point that you are aware that you have a limited amount of knowledge of things, you will really struggle to sit in meetings and to listen to people speculate about what is their solution and why their solution's right, because the reality is nobody in the room truly knows the solution until you test it. Mm -hmm. Um, had a good colleague and friend who a number of years ago had said that experimentation is a wonderful form of root cause analysis, which through that, I mean, it's, it is a perfect opportunity to real time, see what's happening and understand root cause versus trying to do it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've gotten similar coaching over the years, you know, the idea of, you know, we, we're in a room or even, if, even if we're out in the workplace and we're talking about what happened and we, we maybe we do a fishbone diagram and we go through a, a five whys drill down and then someone says, oh, we have found the root cause. Like the coaching that I've gotten over time, you know, it sounds similar to what you're saying is, well, we now have a suspect root cause. And then by going and testing countermeasures 
it helps us gauge cause and effect. You know, I was kind of, I was taught the idea of, you know, if you turn a countermeasure on and the problem seems to go away, if it's safe and moral to do so, turn the countermeasure off and see if the problem comes back is one way of experimenting. And that's not appropriate in some circumstances, but, um, you know, I was wondering, you know, if you could talk a little bit more about this, you, we, we, hypotheses. We have a hypothesis that we found the root cause. Um, what, what, do you have an example of maybe going out and um, exploring that experimentally? Well, and I think about, so I, I can circle back into there, but what you also made me think about was, so within healthcare and certainly within other industries as well, root cause analysis in some cases can be pretty succinct, pretty clear. Um, but there are also plenty of examples where I think about um, as a former leader within a, a surgical department and within a perioperative department, trying to understand the root cause behind why we may not have been accomplishing um, block time percentage you know, targets. It's not going to be a singular root cause. It's not going to be. It's going to be a multitude of things that, that in that complex of a situation, there is a challenge of in some cases, you have to try things and then just watch and see what happens. Did we, did we increase the benefit? Did we decrease the negative? If we did, you know, keep doing more of the good and less of the bad, as a, as a colleague of mine um, used to coach me on. So I think, you know, to that point, when you go out into the work, I think there are plenty of times where I've seen teams go out and believe they had the right solution, put it in place but never really tested it. And even that example I gave before, the coaching I did this morning, they didn't really test to see whether or not that solution fixed what they believed to be the root cause. Right. Yeah, and it's tempting. We want, we want to uh, assume it feels good to say, yeah, we found it, plow ahead, check the box, move on to the next issue. But yeah, these are really good reminders that, that you're giving us about closing the loop on the scientific thinking and you know, one, one follow-up I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned um, the idea of a hypothesis earlier. Like what, what goes into forming a good, well-structured hypothesis? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And I think almost even to take it to a little higher level, I think about if we think about scientific method and we'll just use one model, we use the, the PDCA or the Plan, Do, Check, Act model. So many times when I watch teams work, they will get to the point of the hypothesis and then it feels like the work is done. Like they've completed the piece they need to do. And in order to do that, yes, we have to define a problem statement. We need to go through and understand what is our background? What is our current condition? Um, measures that tell us whether or not we're having an impact um, on the overall problem. We've got to go out and do analysis, understand the root cause. And at the end of that, we've got a hypothesis. So I usually just as a very simple test, I should have a hypothesis that should tell me if we do something, if we do this, um, then we expect something. What do we expect as measured by and how will we know essentially that we've solved it? So if we do this, then we expect this as measured by. Um, but that's interesting because in plan, do, check, and act, when you get to that point, we still haven't even left the plan standpoint. So in order to leave plan, I always think about this as any improvement cycle, the goal of an improvement cycle for me is to learn. It's to learn something new so we can solve the problem. Well, in order to learn, I have to also plan how am I going to check my actual, what actually happens against what I'm expecting, my hypothesis. 
So there's work to be done there yet still to build the capabilities, to get the team ready, and to make sure you've got a plan on how you're going to check on the back end to know whether or not you had the intended consequence or not. So then, um, you know, close the loop a little bit on what um, you started off talking about. You know, this this almost seems like a trap of you know thinking implement, you know, go do straight line linear um, flow. You know, so you, know, you you talked a little earlier about what to look for and, and if that's happening. And so if if you see it as a coach as a leader, what can be done to help break that habit? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I for me, I look for the behaviors and. You know, we always think about this and, and we think about habitual excellence. So I think about there's habits that form. So as a leader, when I would go into areas and I would look at my team's problem solving, I'd be looking for on there, we used A3s as the, as the format to be able to capture problem solving. Um, so on that document, I would commonly see that the left-hand side was completed. They'd have a background current condition analysis. But on the right-hand side, and many times, the target condition or the future state would just simply be a statement. This is what we're going to do. And here's an action plan. And, and I didn't see, I, I wouldn't see times where the team was meeting to check. I wouldn't see, um, I wouldn't see a whole lot of actual experiment steps in the action plan and probably, well, not probably equally as important. I wouldn't see the things that I would expect to see on the back end of an experiment to continually check as well. So, I wouldn't see them going out and doing process observations to see is the new process yielding what we're looking for. Um, I wouldn't see process measures in place to know whether or not they're measuring to see if they're getting the outcome they're looking for. So there's, there's a number of things that I would look for as a leader. I'd look for just flat out. What is that? What does that document show me? Is it showing me that they're designing experiments and then how are they following up on experiments afterwards? Yeah, it's got to go deeper than seeing has something been filled out in the boxes. What is in the boxes matters a great deal. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So um, are, there, are there any other kind of you know thoughts, final thoughts you'd want to share? Um, you know, risks of um, you know not closing the loop on our experiments. Yeah. So I think about um, overall, I would say. There, there is a risk of getting into that habit of jumping in. Some people will say it's jumping to the solution. So I think anytime we are purely implementing and we're not experimenting, we're still jumping to the solution. So finding ways as a leader to go out and, or as a coach, observing for that behavior. And when you see that behavior, bringing the team back and then helping them design experiments to test. Because every time I've brought teams back, into a mode of experimenting there's always been things we've learned it's fascinating i just everybody has knowledge thresholds i think about i mean myself today here talking with you i'm sure i'm describing something where i have a knowledge threshold that i don't know that i still need to learn um and that's great and i will learn that through this as an experiment um but overall i just think you know watching for behaviors behaviors that show people are trying and learning and if they can articulate learning and they can show you the evidence of it, then I think you're in a good space and they will continue to learn themselves. Well, I think, yeah, that's great advice. Let's keep learning. Let's keep experimenting. I guess the learning comes from the experimentation. Um, Bill, I think your experiment with doing a podcast today worked out well and I'm sure the listeners learned something. You've learned something through the process as we all hope to do, right? 
Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for listening to Habitual Excellence presented by Value Capture. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and please also rate and review it in your favorite podcast directory or app. To learn more about Value Capture and how we can help your organization on this journey to habitual excellence, visit our website at www.valuecapturellc.com.